a documentary. I can't do it. That's not quite right. Welcome, strangers, to talk. I can't do an accent. I'm just going to end up with something weird. <laughs> Welcome, strangers, to Talkumentary, a show where we watch documentaries and then get together and talk about them. Get on the floor. Learn it and learn it well. You have space to do all that you intend to. But as far as y'all, please realize that we all, at one time or another, have lusted to walk a ballroom floor. So give the patron and the contestants, you know, a round of applause for nerve. Because with y'all motherfuckers, it do take nerve, believe me. We're not going to be shady, just fierce. Vogue. Vogue. You know what she wants. Walk. Vogue. <laughs> Vogue. I was like, Vogue. Vogue. That sounds Vogue. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to episode number 14 of Documentary Queens. Don't be shady, be a lady. Work. <laughs> now, introducing the statement, the future legend, Katie VP Vogue. Hey, Vogue. <laughs> Give her some walking room. What's up? Work. Here I go. Work it. Work it. Shantae, you stay. <laughs> Everyone waiting in the wings, we know you want to see. Good golly, Miss Molly. <laughs> Sashay, work. Legend. Legend. <laughs> and now, sweetheart, with the cigarette, you're giving me chills. <laughs> All the way from the other side of the state, we are joined by the mother of House Butterfly. Katie. Katie, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, Ten. Ten's all around, you all. I am Jeff. Jeffy. Jeffy Stranger. Coco (laughs) O'Hearn. I am Coco O'Hearn, the father father of the the House House of Stranger. (laughs) I am your MC for tonight's documentary ball. Happy Pride Month, my friends. Pride all around. Mm-hmm. Pride Month starts today. If you haven't figured it out yet for Pride Month, we have mopped some high heel pumps, chosen our walking categories, prepped all the appropriate shade, and have gotten a read on the competition. Did I do all right? You, you did, did awesome. Right. Good. <laughs> for a fierce 78-minute documentary called Paris is Burning. Ooh. To us, is as close to reality as we're going to get to all of that fame and fortune and stardom and spotlights. This was released all the way back in the year 1990, <laughs> but ancient. filmed. Yeah, ancient. <laughs> I think all of us were alive except for good golly, Miss Molly. Don't talk. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> for another 10 years. <laughs> Listen, we don't have to bring it up like that, you guys. <laughs> it was filmed all throughout the 80s uh, or the late 80s. This film explores the drag ball culture of the 80s with tons of incredible fil- footage from drag ball competitions mixed with interviews with then-prominent members of the scene, uh, with a look into the everyday life of a drag queen. Lots of glitz and glamour, some marginalization, struggle and pain, which is something we can touch on a little bit, and a mental fortitude and toughness that could only be described as yas, queen. Yes! Uh, (laughs) Directed and produced by... I just want to be sound effects today. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> directed and produced by Jenny Livingston. This film was a Academy Entertainment and Off-White Productions production distributed, 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 distribu- wow. Go ahead and take it from the top. Distributed Thank by you. Off-White Productions and Prestige Pictures, streamed on HBO Max. 
We'll have a link with all that good shit in the show notes. What are our initial reactions to this documentary? Had you guys seen this before uh, we watched it? Katie, let's start with you. Have I seen this show before? Had you seen it before I said, hey, um, would you want to do this for us? (laughs) With us? With Um, us? No, I actually had not seen it. Yeah. And neither had my wife. And so, yeah. yeah. You guys watch it together? Um, Well, parts of it. (laughs) It was pretty long. (laughs) Yeah. Um, um, I'm going to have to disagree because this was a much shorter one than the one we watched last week (laughs) with the guys. Yeah, wasn't that like three hours? Damn close to it. Yeah, Yeah, and uh, that was a a struggle. Bryce is over on the couch like nodding his head like, God, it was so long. (laughs) Yeah. What'd you think? Initial reactions? What I mean, without going too far into all the, the... the gritty details what did did you like it um i'm really glad that it exists and has existed for this long even if i didn't know about it i'm just like initially is regardless of anything else that happened just like having some type of visibility that hasn't Mm -hmm. been destroyed and is still on like um like accessible um is is pretty cool yeah molly vp any any thoughts before we get into this a little bit further what was your initial reactions um i didn't know that this existed no we don't have to call it the fact that i'm young again i get it <laughs> we get it everything's fine we're representing all <laughs> right here. but i do have a true passion for rupaul's drag race i was really excited for it and i know katie can definitely attest to her love for it. she's got i mean she's decked out with rupaul stuff today which is great <laughs> um but yeah i mean i really liked it i uh it was hard to keep my attention just because there was no like, I don't know action. Yeah, I didn't feel like there was, was action, really but happening. like it was, it didn't need action. No. So, um, it was telling the story. It was, it was so good. I was yeah. very impressed by it. Yeah, I loved it. Also, I their outfits. Was... Oh my god, I could <laughs> die over the fur coats and the dresses that they had on. I think I have not seen this either, but in the tradition of Paris is burning is something that RuPaul said in one episode in every season of drag race, they would do something called the library is open. And then they would hand out a pair of sun, a pair of glasses or sunglasses that were very extravagant. And one at a time they would come up and read each other to filth. And (laughs) they'd always start it with in the tradition of Paris is burning. (laughs) And so to watch it in that context was pretty amazing. I mean, RuPaul was the first, drag queen um, supermodel to be on a magazine. So to see this before RuPaul was even known, right? he didn't come to New York, I think, until the 90s, RuPaul Charles, um, to see these people who'd been doing this and talking about it all the way back to the 60s. Yeah. was incredible. Yeah. So Paris is Burning won a whole bunch of awards, um, such as Sundance Film Festival Grand Jury Prize, Berlin International Film Festival Teddy Bear, uh, mm-hmm. which is a cool... Prize, I guess. <laughs> Audience Award at the Toronto Film Festival, the Glad Media Award, Women in Film Crystal Award, uh, Best Documentary Award at the LA, New York, and National Films Critics Circles. Whatever. Sure. Um, this was also added to the National Film Registry in 2016, uh, which means it is part of our national history and cannot That's go away amazing. now. That's uh, amazing. That is wh- wonderful. Which is pretty cool. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think wow. the only other documentary so far that we've watched that is also in that registry is Grey Gardens. So <gasps> I watched that be? after this are, and are I we loved surprised? it. Did you rewatch it? <laughs> oh, yes, I did. Oh, mother how darling. Did you, how did you watch Dude. that again? Because it when it's in the background, it sounds like they're in your house. 
That's worse. Little it's what do you mean? That's worse. Yeah. <laughs> I would feel paranoid that someone was yelling at me. After I don't know. Oh it, it, it is. It does raise your adrenaline a little bit because you feel like you're on edge because mom's yelling at you. Yeah. Katie, anyway, um, Katie, I.E., Katie, Katie, um, Katie, not beep. Um, <laughs> Katie, don't watch that movie. <laughs> well, uh, okay, it's do, epic though. Like, 1975, the family mm-hmm. of the Kennedys, except they're the Bouvier's. Well, Jackie I kind Kennedy's of, family. I kind of just live in a house where there might or might not be yelling on <laughs> right. a regular basis since right. I have three <laughs> teenage boys. Yeah. Um. So I don't even. I you feel like I to. can already understand. Also, if you have a hard happening. time paying attention to things that aren't like super captivating, you're gonna hate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's gonna just seem like normal life. Yeah. Love that. It's so. a. It's a. You either love it or you hate it kind of deal. There's a lot and, of grandma yeah. boobs on it too. Oh so. my gosh! Yes, saggy boobs. old lady boobs. The but then I don't so know. I just that, fell in love with nope. these two characters that were absolutely insane. And then there's like raccoons she's feeding. The, anyway, this is not what yep, we're doing. Yep, that's not what not the doc we're talking <laughs> no. about. We've already done that. <laughs> um, however, despite winning all these awards and more, as well as receiving exceptionally good reviews upon its release, the film was not nominated for a Best Documentary Feature Academy mm. Award, which started a whole bunch of accusations uh, that the Academy was homophobic and transphobic. Which we know they are. Which ultimately led to changes in how documentaries are nominated for these awards. So that's good. Paris is burning is certified fierce on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh my god. That's the best thing I've ever heard. With fierce. It's, it's just fresh, but I No, ha- I like I your version it up. Of Thank it. you very much. Uh, <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes with a 98% tomato meter with 61 reviews and an audience score of 89% with over 2500 ratings. Let's get into it. Uh quick warning if you haven't seen it and you're interested in seeing it, go see it. Because we've seen it, and you should see it. And <laughs> How many more times can we say We're going to spoil you from seeing it. Or you good. can just listen to us talk about it. We will stall the ball for you. We'll wait to walk. Stall the ball. We'll, How much time did you spend we'll come, coming up with these? Because we'll they're great. They're so good. Uh, you know. We could just make a list of them. Over the, over Please, the more lingo. dad jokes and puns. Put, putting in the work. That's it. Um, the work. I get it. Yeah. Work. See what? Work it. <laughs> <laughs> W-E-R-K. 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 That's right. KDVP, why don't you tell us why you chose, yes, oh. um, you are a dealer for today. Why did you <clears throat> choose Paris's Burning for All us right. to watch? Um, for those of you at home, I'm holding up a drag queen coloring book that I bought on Etsy, and it has scenes from RuPaul's Drag Race and RuPaul's Drag Race untucked. Um, just wonderful moments. And then I also have a deck of cards that is a card game for best drag queen. And on top, I have Jinx Monsoon for obvious reasons for those of you at home. Um, and they're rated by their charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. And for those of you who don't know, you should be able to put that together. C-U-N-T. Charisma. Uniqueness. Uniqueness. Nerve. nerve and and talent. talent. See you next Tuesday. That's yep. correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I picked... Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> They did it. All right. Anyway, so I picked this documentary because I have a deep abiding love for drag queens. And I wasn't able to express it until a friend of mine pointed out that drag is about unapologetically being Mm -hmm. yourself in the truest form and loving everything about yourself to the point that you are just expressing it in such a huge dramatic way Mm -hmm. and there's so much love and joy in drag it's just all about joy and i don't i there's nothing happier in the world i think and so 
when I heard, when I first started watching RuPaul and they said, in the tradition of Paris is burning, the library is open. I had to find out what that was. And I decided mm -hmm. that talkumentary was the perfect space <laughs> for to, us to enjoy that. To dig that. a little further. Yep. Yes. Perfect. I love it. Had anyone seen this? I, I think we kind of talked about that a little bit. Nobody's seen it before we did it. Mm -hmm. um, Katie, what were what were some of your predictions when when we asked you to watch this? Did you did you have thoughts on what you thought this might be, and did it hold true to those predictions, or were you kind of off base? Well, I figured there'd be some gay shit. <laughs> since, oh, you were right on track. Since it was Stop it, I can't Pride it. Month. <laughs> So, <laughs> nailed it. Can he breathe? Are you okay? Do you need a water? <laughs> Just so deadpan. I figured that was some gay shit. Oh. And there was some gay shit, there so was. that's cool. Yeah. Oh, shut up. Um, anything else you wanted to add? I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to hit that hard. Well, I, I, it's fair to say you landed that one. Just, yeah. Are you all right, KDVP? Yep. Okay, good. Um, Molly, any surprises for you? Were you pretty spot on? Um, I mean, I kind of knew what the 80s drag community already kind of looked like just because I'm fascinated with it. Mm. Um, but I just loved, like, the MC or whatever. Like, <laughs> I loved his narration or whatever. Literally on the screen right now is him spitting his hat around and going... Opulence, you own everything. everything, and I was like, "This is the best thing I've ever seen." Yeah, he's he means it so much. He's so oh, yeah. into it. Also, if anyone noticed how specific the categories were, yes. they were specific. so fun. Afterwards, um, me and my roommate were coming up with um, oh yes, please our you own have some categories, and we were me. like, "The guy who just robbed your house twenty minutes ago," like things <laughs> like like it's just like they were so specific. Like your mom who's recently divorced out on her first date back on the town. Oh. Like it's like so specific. Yeah, those are good. Yeah, those thank are you. Those are good. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Just off the top, you know, whatever. They like, were so good. Please write more. Oh my God, they're so <laughs> funny. I'll come up with them by the end of this I love episode. it. I Don't love hold it. me to I that, please. More. So we'll talk about some of our favorite, maybe least favorite details about Paris's Burning. But first, I will attempt to give a quick synopsis of the film. Uh, Paris is Burning takes us on a journey into the New York drag ball scene in the late 80s and basically serves as an instructional or informational documentary. Um, that not only introduces us to many of the most prominent members of the scene at that time, but also gives us a tutorial on some of the slang, the dances, and ballroom etiquette that would be important for someone who participated to, to know. Uh, more importantly, uh, the film gives us a look into some of the struggles of the LGBTQIA plus community that surrounds this ball scene, more particularly people of color within the community and just a small taste of the things that they had to deal with at that time. Um, we get testimonies from these characters about how they have dealt with issues such as AIDS, racism, poverty, violence, homo and transphobia, uh, abandonment, rejection from their families, difficulty getting jobs, homelessness, gender reassignment, surgeries, and sadly even murder, even the murder of their friends. Um, Ultimately, this documentary presents the stories of a subculture that is somehow able to maintain strength, pride, and humor as they attempt to survive in a, quote, rich white world. So clearly the the, the standout moments or the, the standout for this documentary is 
the people, the characters. Mm, 100%. Um, the true stars of this show in many more ways than one. First, many of these children, as they call them, uh, and they seem to be lovingly referred to, uh, they're kind of adopted by a house. Let's give this one to VP. <laughs> what is a house? A house is a family within a name. So much like your surname, a house is like we discussed um, before we recorded someone's a, a drag name. And we found that Mr. Jeff's drag name was Coco O'Hearn. Uh -huh. So he would be the house of O'Hearn. And if someone mm. wanted to be a part of that house, their surname would also be O'Hearn. So it would be but like I would be Penny. the mother of O'Hearn. You would right? be mother of O'Hearn. Right. And you would have children. Children named Penny O'Hearn and Cutie O'Hearn. Oh. And um, part of that house is the pride that comes with it. So each house is known for something, for their fashion, for their voguing, um, for their shade, for whatever it is that they are most proud of, that they are the very best at. And that was something that was very much uh, present in the documentary. Yeah, they, they described it as being a group of human beings with a mutual bond, um, which... In this case, the bond being everything from being homosexual or transsexual to being in the ball culture to being racial minority. Um, some of the houses that are listed in this doc um, with the people who are the stars of this show. So um, please correct me if I pronounce any of these wrong. Um, Saint Laurent. Saint Laurent. Uh, so we met Octavia Saint Laurent, the model who was obsessed with being famous and in magazines. We met the Duprees, who was Paris Dupree, who holds the annual ball that is the namesake for this, which is Paris is Burning. Uh, Chanel, Corey, uh, so Dorian Corey uh, was the the older. Okay, mm -hmm. before I make any <laughs> mistakes, she or. When I, so I think he identified as a drag queen. Yeah. So when they it unless they otherwise specify, most of the time it's okay to refer to them um as he when they're out of drag and she when they're in drag. And if you want to play it safe, you can just say they. Okay. Um, but if we're talking about specifically in drag and their drag names, she is like most commonly accepted. Fair enough. I think the only trans characters we met were Octavia and mm -hmm. Amy. Right. And Venus. Yeah. Oh, and those ones were specifically like right. identified. They were transitioning. But, yeah. Yep. Um, okay. So Dorian Corey, uh, the older gentleman who was putting on makeup in front of a mirror for the majority of the scenes and was kind of had the lower voice and kind of quiet mm -hmm. wisdom throughout the the whole sort of the quiet wisdom is a good way the to under the, the yeah sort of the the undertone uh throughout the the film uh they mentioned house field uh la beja pepper mm -hmm. la beja is yes. the first uh, queen that we met lawong uh, my personal favorite, Ninja with Willie Ninja. That's also my personal favorite. <laughs> um, the master of voguing. I'm obsessed with Willie. Omni, Overness, Pendavis. So we met Ken Pendavis, Kim Pendavis, Freddie Pendavis. Um, they were the, the two that were kind of sewing and making comments about that at the beginning. Um, probably the most talked about one was Extravaganza. Um, with Venus Extravaganza being the smaller, light-skinned girl who wanted the sex change, Hector, Hector Extravaganza, who brought Venus into the house, and Angie Extravaganza, who was the mother of House Extravaganza. Um, also, Brooke and Carmen, who were the two girls walking on the beach at one point talking about their sex changes. We also mentioned House Adonis, House LeMay. Um, okay, 
question for the group. Katie, we're going to start with you. If you were into drag and, and that, and you could be accepted into any of these houses, which one would you want to be a part of? Um, I don't think it matters, honestly. <laughs> Good answer. Because they're all amazing. <laughs> and um, But I for sure would, would be the house mother. Yep. That would be oh, my 100% role in it because that already is kind of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And at your, like, at your business. Yeah. Like, and so that's, that's kind of the role that, that not in the same way, but uh, mm-hmm. in something that's a little bit similar um, is the role I play every day. Yeah. And so. For sure. You'd, you'd be start th- your own house. You'd be the one that people go to and and in an emergency yep. for sure they we need to start to a house family. name and katie can be our mother that's and right we can determine our name by the end of this episode yep what about you guys did you lean toward any of the houses that you feel like you would have been a good fit into i don't think i would be a good fit into the ninja house but i do aspire to have the voguing skills <laughs> of willie ninja i the, okay the little like walk when he's like crouched down. Yes, that's so hard. And oh my God, I tried to do the it. Little legs. This is so embarrassing. Oh my God. But I tried to do it after watching that I'm scene. Because so I was like, I was like, that you. looks hard, but I bet I could do it. I cannot do it. It is very hard to do. Mm-hmm. I'm like, going, my knees hurt already. Dude, just watch us. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah. like the coordination. Yeah, I would love to be part of the Ninja House. Also, very iconic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do. I don't feel uh, worthy of any of these houses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just watching it, I was like, "There's no way I would be good enough to to be in any of these houses." I just want to be a spectator. Sure. I want right. to be invited to the ball, and I want you would watch. be a great MC. Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you would. I would that. enjoy that, mm-hmm. and I just I want to be the one on the side going, "Oh my god, that was amazing! You were so good. <laughs> Let's do more. Like like you were so good. I, oh my god." That's what I want to do. Yeah, if I had to choose, I'm I'm House Ninja all the Hell way. Yeah. <laughs> um, I felt like Willie Ninja was a badass. He kind of took voguing, I guess, to the next level. He's the one that kind of got it put on the map. Best um, and, Yeah, and and he had his sights setting on going and taking it to Japan and things like that. And he went and did it, and mm-hmm. so I just thought he was cool. Inspiration. Yep. Mm-hmm. Standout moments. Okay, VP. Let's let's start with you. Um, I was most inspired by Venus. Um, her wishes, her dreams were so humble. They weren't, um, to be on the cover of a magazine. She wanted to be a housewife. She wanted to be at home. Mm -hmm. She wanted to be a normal, what she described as a normal person, a normal woman. And for someone who is trans, it's it in 1987, that was out of reach. It was unthinkable. And she, did she go this, did she get this exchange? No. She didn't have the sex change yet. No, unfortunately, she did say she wanted to, but, um, and we'll get to this a little later, but she she did, her time was cut short. It was. Um, I do remember that. I just remember her being so soft and just saying, I just want to be at yep. home with someone. And it was so inspiring just to hear that that was almost out of reach for her. Yeah. It was so sad. Yep. Uh, Katie, what stood out to you? Is there anything that, about the doc specifically that um, that um, kind of hit you in a different way? Yeah, I really liked, um, especially because of like what's going on right now mm-hmm. um, in the world, um, that the humanization of the trans community is bringing it down to like a real level um, because right now what we're seeing is a lot of dehumanizing, mm. um, you know, that's ultimately, you know, 
going to lead a place we don't want it to go. So um, just the fact that like getting on, doing this in a very raw way um, Mm -hmm. to get the real reactions and people's real like, like commentary, I guess on their experiences, um, I thought was pretty, um, pretty cool. And then again, also to have that, that be a thing even like in 1990 is even more astounding. Yeah. Because them for them to go on this and do this yeah that is putting such a huge target on their back absolutely just that's extremely brave in the days where rupaul's drag race isn't popular Mm -hmm. and you know the the internet isn't what it is now and the you know do we have a long way to go yeah but is the acceptance more is is it probably easier to find your community i'll bet it is Mm -hmm. it's more visible for sure and they're in a safe space when they're in the ballroom. Yeah, but as that's, soon as they step outside, they are at risk. And yeah, they are and that's and that's kind of one of my standouts was that they mentioned that in the the ballroom when they're attending or competing, that was the only time in their life that they could feel a hundred percent right and safe being gay. And, and I I would have to interject and yeah. say I don't know that they could ever feel safe, but they could feel okay. Yeah, you know, or themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because um they were the fact is that they actually were not safe there. Right. They were not safe and no ball was safe and no, yep. no nothing is safe. Um, but yeah. Um, and I, but they I felt think, like themselves. I, yeah. I think one of the uh, people did say the word safe. So I didn't mean to interject that at all, but, um, and like Molly said, it, I think Molly said it isn't like that once they leave there. I mean, they talked about how, you know, you were doing well, if you made it home after the ball and you had all your clothes and mm-hmm. you weren't bloodied, yeah, like God damn, like that's that's Who you I mean, are is not safe, right? Um, you know, and all of these gay men, gay people, uh, LGBTQIA uh, in all forms could be under one roof and get as close to being famous as and as stardom as they believed that they were ever going to be and just be able to kind of put it all out there in a, whether or not they were physically safe, but they were safe to do that in that room and mm-hmm. safe to express themselves in that way. Um, I think um, was really cool to see, but also that little bit of like heartbreak that kind of like, it sucks knowing that the struggles that you do go through for just being yourself. And wanting to express yourself or, you know, have these, you know, balls with, um, without feeling like you're, I guess, being going to be hurt Mm -hmm. and put at risk. Mm -hmm. Um, Molly, how about you? Um, when they were talking about trans violence, I think that's what stood out to me the most, um, you know, talking about how all of the drag queens are hustlers in their in their day to day lives, and they have mm-hmm. to do what they can to make money. They explained what mopping is, which is just stealing. Um, <laughs> I, I like out when, of like general stealing is yeah, exactly he's like, what he's it's like, like when you go into a store and you look around and like for whatever. Yeah, okay, mopping is stealing. It's stealing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they talked about like them being hustlers and just they got to do what they got to do to get by. But mm-hmm. um, what is her name? Venus. Venus. Jesus, I can't remember. Why did I think it was Amy? When Venus was talking about um, how she was 
um, with a guy who was like feeling up on her chest. And then as soon as he moved his hand down below and felt like her genitals, he freaked out on her, called mm -hmm. her the F slur, said, you're trying to give me AIDS. You're a homo. Like she had to jump out a window. She had to. Yeah. She like, it's just absolutely fucking insane. Um, right. so I think the violence part of it stood out to me the most just because like, the drag is fun and it's so easy to in the balls be like, oh, my God, they're having such a great time. It's stardom. It's yeah. um, it's flashy. It's showy. Like they're having so much fun. It's all joyful and whatever. But it's like that's the behind the scenes part of it almost because that is so withdrawn into the com into the queer community of like going to more or less a safe space to um put on their their real identities and let them be out but then in the everyday world they're being threatened through right every every means right um you know and to to speak to that a little bit or to dive into that piece a little bit more um the stories that were told of what some of the girls went through in their lives with regard to the way their families oh god you know shunned them and you know I don't think that that, I mean, I, I can't speak, you know, personally, but I, I, I would imagine that that probably never is easy or gets easier unless you are in a family that is, you know, very accepting and affirming and, and, you know, which in that time, I bet you it was a few and far between to, to be a part of that. Um, you know, I think it, uh, Pepper LaBeja was talk, talking about how when, uh, their mother found out that their son was a woman. Uh, she couldn't stand it and completely rejected them. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that was probably a common theme. I mean, that's yeah. probably one of many it's stories. It's common. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, not to mention the ridicule and hate that they get from the public. I mean, but with all that being said, the most impressive thing to me is that we're watching footage of these... Uh, these guys and girls walking around the streets of New York in the 80s, in the late 80s, with their arms around each other, with mm -hmm. their, you know, showing yep. their gayness, <laughs> so to speak. And there was even some times where they were going back and forth with some of the uh, people on the streets. Uh, you know, there's one scene, I think, where I don't remember who it was, but they were kind of razzing each other. And the tenacity i guess maybe that's not the right word but the just the being comfortable yeah on the street yeah and and just owning it knowing that you're in danger and that you're it you was know. shocking to me too yeah that they were out on I the was, street in new york city in the 80s i was impressed by that i yeah. mean maybe new york was a little bit more progressive than like what nebraska would have been in the 80s we uh, can't even have drag but, queens read a book here right yeah it's stupid mm -hmm. Yeah, the progress is limited. Yeah, yeah, at best, at best for sure. Yeah. Um, so to kind of pull back into the more fun parts of the of the uh, of the documentary, I loved learning some of the the terminology. Oh, it's a, it's so fun! <laughs> it's so yeah. fun. Katie, uh, tell me about realness. Oh, I, okay. So I like I made notes on yeah. realness. As that was actually um, kind of like sad for me. I like, thought so too. For mm -hmm. them, when they said that, I was like, 
you think they referred to themselves like as real women or real men mm -hmm. or not gay. Like that's what their goal was to look not gay, right. you know? And like that just, I don't know, it hit me like a little different is yep. um, like, but I bet that's what they have to do. Like, you know, that's a survival skill, yep. you know, really. Um, and Absolutely. so uh, I don't know, that was, that was, you know, I don't know. I just didn't. Yeah. So in my mind, before watching that scene, when someone had men would mention realness, to me it would be if I'm born a man and I dress up like a like a woman, and realness is if you believe or if I look much like a woman, sort of like Octavia um, Saint Laurent, where born with male genitalia, um, identifies as a woman dresses as a woman and looks very much like a woman. Um, to me, that's what I thought they were going to be referring to as realness because you quote unquote can pass as the opposite gender than whatever. But I was surprised like what you were saying, Katie is that's not really how they described realness in the ball scene. It was looking straight, looking like the, gender that you do not identify with looking like somebody who could pass as a military, you know, person or, um, and they, they mentioned it's like going back into the closet. So I can see what you're saying. Like that. I felt some sadness with that too. It, it's kind of funny watching them, you know, on screen, like, <laughs> like walk around, like with swagger trying to, right. this is what a, a guy would walk like a straight man would walk like, but just that's such a surface level right. funny. It's not yeah. like when you think about. And then about, you think about them being dressed like a soldier and that one scene of um, him wearing a, like an American flag as a cape, letting it drop on the ground and standing on top of it. And you're yeah. like, oh, okay, I forgot that this isn't just a fun fashion show. Yeah. Yep. Katie, why don't you, Katie VP, I'm sorry. Uh, will you tell us what shade is and in turn kind of what reading is? And not reading like what I'm doing with my notes right now, but <laughs> absolutely, Jeffrey. Um, shade is something that we shade is something that we hear people talk about today, but I don't think we give proper credit to who it should go yeah, to. Yeah, it kind years of ago. it kind of re uh, uh, emerged into mm -hmm. vernacular, didn't it? Yeah, it did. So shade is like an insult that you yep. give to someone, but instead of being obvious, it's something kind of subverting the obvious insult. Would you ladies agree? It's like, yeah, it can fall along the lines of like passive aggression. <laughs> yeah. often it's basically, it's basically an insult, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if I'm finding something to insult um, and then, you know, if I understood it correctly, the reading side is if you're, trying to find a flaw and exploit it, mm -hmm. <laughs> essentially. Molly, this was your favorite, I think. What's voguing? <laughs> I don't remember how they describe it exactly. <laughs> Do your best. It's like quick and fast movements with your with your arms, like around your head and chest. And yeah. it just makes you look so fun. It's like <laughs> a style of dancing and posing all wrapped up yeah, into one. And I think that that's it. The taking poses that could be on the cover of Vogue right. yes. and turning it into a dance. But also what was interesting was it kind of, it kind of took the, the, the dance battle piece, you know, <laughs> the same thing you might see from like, like break dancers or something where you kind of, there's like a dance off where they would 
vogue yeah. real close to each other but they'd make comments yeah. like we're not touching each other yeah. but you're voguing really close and and <laughs> like it's sort of like this strange <laughs> the closer to me you strange vogue, the more of an insult it right is. <laughs> it's like fighting words <laughs> yep and then and then the last one they kind of touched on was again mopping uh which is uh when you go into a store and you look for whatever uh, mm, it's stealing, yeah, stealing it is yeah. stealing general so. stealing yep <laughs> probably you know in one of the saddest moments of the film uh it's revealed that one of the stars of this documentary venus extravaganza extravaganza had been murdered um she was found strangled and dead under a bed in a sleazy hotel she had been dead for uh several days before being found um i did just i mean my heart broke because she seemed like such a sweet person and really wanted uh normalcy in her life um, and it seems like such an awful way to go. Um, after that happened, I kind of paused and I looked up where some of the characters from this movie are now. And unfortunately, most of them have passed away since then. Um, many at a very young age and many due to the, to AIDS related health issues. Um, Willie Ninja, my boy, uh, he died in 2006 of AIDS related heart failure. Uh, Pepper Labeja died in 2003 at the age of 54 due to diabetes type 2 complications and amputations, um, leaving her bedridden for the last 10 years of her life. Um, Angie Extravaganza, who was the mother of House Extravaganza, was diagnosed with AIDS in 1991 and subsequently developed Kaposi's sarcoma, which I believe is a type of cancer. Uh, she died in 1993 at the age of 23. Oh my gosh. Due to AIDS related liver failure. Um, but some speculate that, uh, her taking black market hormones, um, played a part in her death because she was taking hormones that were not, um, regulated. Yeah. Um, probably the, or just have access to, right. Yeah. Um, the, Quiet Wisdom, Dorian Corey, died in 1993 of AIDS-related complications. And Octavia St. Laurent, who was, um, she was the one who was uh, going to all the modeling things and mm-hmm. was obsessed with them all. She was diagnosed with as HIV positive and developed cancer in 2008. In 2009, at the age of 45, the cancer took her life. So that's kind of a, I mean... That was sad because this isn't that old. Right. You know, I was kind of hoping to see when I went in to <laughs> look that up that I was going to see a bunch of these people had gone off to be, happy you know, and happy and successful and all that. I was looking for a happy ending that I, I'm hoping some of them felt some happiness. Um, uh, but of course, I don't I don't know for sure. They got to be their true selves in the ball and then yeah. they had to face the real world when yep. they left. What other standout moments? Anything else that that uh, you know? This wasn't the longest documentary that we've that we've watched, um, and there was a lot of footage of just them in the ball doing their thing. So it was fun to watch. But um, anything that anything else that stood out, Katie? What other what other things do you have in that little handy dandy notebook? You I got? know. I was like, let's make <laughs> notes. Um, so as like 
an artist mentality or whatever. Um, I really liked when they were talking about the costumes and the progression yeah. of the costumes of where um, it kind of went from and yep. then where it ended up. So they were talking about um, like at first it was um, very like creative. They used, used anything they could find like, you know, and mm -hmm. like style them themselves. And then by the end it was what you can afford, Yeah, you know? And like that was kind of like sad because um, that somebody's designing that, but it's not them. Like they don't get to express mm -hmm. themselves creatively in a way that's now accepted as like the highest, like, or the best, um, form. Right. And they said you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't win. Right. You won't win if you mm -hmm. don't come with something expensive. And mm -hmm. most of the time they, they would mop, they'd steal them. Mm -hmm. And, but you could tell who they said, they, mm -hmm. they claimed to be able to tell if you stole it. Just yeah. by how you acted when you were wearing it. Yeah. Which I don't know if it's true, but it's fun to, I mean, I guess, maybe, you know, how much is, of communication is not through words, it's you know? True. Oh, I would it. be I so like, paranoid about someone ruining my shit if I stole it. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. I fucking, this put, I took a lot of time and effort to get this. So don't fucking come near me. Yeah. I, I bought a pair, pair of like Ray-Bans, I think one mm. time Ugh. as like, as a, like, um, like we're on vacation yeah and like i swear i had those for like five <laughs> years because i just <laughs> you know what i mean Same. so i feel yeah, like, you have, like it would be easy sunglasses, to tell. you throw them in like a bag you sit yeah, on them in the passenger them. seat like right? you break them but you're buying nice sunglasses you're making sure they're in their little case yes you're mm -hmm. putting them up in the center <laughs> console thing yes <laughs> so i feel like that's how they could tell mm -hmm. if it was True. if they really bought them or not because yep. they wouldn't let anybody near it but um so that was the one kind of thing that um I was thinking about as far as like the fashion styles um and then the only other thing I had um and we kind of like t we were talking about it earlier was um they had also talked about the different types of families um like back then is like that the hippies were really accepted as like just whoever oh, was in yeah. their families also like street gangs <laughs> like that yeah. was also like that was more acceptable form of a um like um like a family you know yeah, what i mean a community, yeah. um yeah and then and then they said that um that but that the gangs would do street fighting as like their mm -hmm. like reward and mm -hmm. they did the basically the dance fighting like they right. had it out on the ballroom floor yeah. and i'm yeah. like what a like wonderful healthy coping mechanism right. you know what i mean <laughs> like you guys nailed it on the yeah. like right. you know like you were above everyone yep. um but yet you know but like, yet you're being stepped on like you're the lowest of the low right but again know? dehumanization yep. and like all of that even um and i i wanted to mention this too because this is an issue is within the lgbtqia plus community mm -hmm. Um, trans community is not accepted by all. Yeah. And so, and that I think is even more scary is Fuck when yeah, within scary. your own, like what, These are what supposed should to be, be your people. Yeah. Like within like, the yep. queer community, like mm -hmm. you, when you're speaking to other people, there's always like an inherent and like internalized sense of transphobia, no matter how people identify, That's insane. which is so, so sad. It's like scary. amongst people who are in the queer community, mm -hmm there's always that sense of like, you know that people are still transphobic, even if they are lesbian, gay, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's horrible. Yeah. 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 It's not good. Yeah. You almost have to be like, like almost explicitly like inviting right to that specific like demographic 100%. because otherwise it's assumed that you're not welcome. 100%. Oh. Is that true? Wow. That, that is a hundred percent true. I have, which a is why again, this is so 
important. Yeah. yeah. I have a friend who um, is kind of questioning their gender and like moving along from like he, him to they, them to maybe eventually she, her. We don't know. Um, using all pronouns at this point, just because, you know, just trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And the intensity of which they are scared to tell our friends that they know is are going to be accepting of it just because of like changing their pronouns or wanting to go by anything different is insane like wanting to put a different spelling on the same exact name you say it the same way but just wants to change one letter Mm -hmm. to something that feels a little bit more feminine to them and like we have a ton of gay friends like we're both within the queer community we have a ton of queer friends and even coming out to our like best like lesbian couple friends like that is who the who they're the most scared to come out to just because wow yeah it's 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 a really weird dichotomy in the queer community between people who identify as gay and people who identify as trans yeah i got um i was taught this by (laughs) um some of my um younger people that are around me because <laughs> I didn't know yeah. you're Gen um, folks <laughs> yeah I was like thanks <laughs> but uh, um, like it's called turf and that's a lot of what it's called like um, like those are turfs they are liberal mm. um, part of the LGBTQ community or LGBT yeah community but they're anti-trans and Whoa. that there is even a word for it what? and so that's um, and so like that. I have little stickers that say turf repellent <laughs> I shouldn't say I've may never heard that because you may have told me that last week. But, yeah, I was like, yeah. but like that type yeah. of situation is um, is extremely um, scary. It seems um, so counterintuitive. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, it's confusing. But it's like I'm, when I'm people are racist con- against a different race, it seems counterintuitive. Like when right. black people don't like you know Hispanic people, it seems counterintuitive. Because the um, for anybody who doesn't know, turf is. Trans trans exclusionary radical feminist is that right? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's someone who identifies as a radical feminist. It's any of us if you, sitting in this room. If you have but the you word exclude, yeah, trans people. If what you identify in part of the acronym has the word has the word exclusionary, exclusionary in, it, yeah. in it, maybe you should like, rethink. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't really, I don't care for that. It um, sounds so stupid. Why would you? I don't. It just yeah, seems I'm, I'm honestly, I'm a little confused by it myself. Yeah, I you'd think, think that we would have grown past the point of the yeah. queer community wants to accept all within. Right. Especially after you've been excluded Whatever. and treated poorly. Yeah. Why would you do that to someone else? But I mean, the same thing with racism and people mm-hmm. are still racist. So mm-hmm. people we want to take the tea out people of LGBT. <laughs> someone came in and had oh, a flyer no. without it. Oh without my God. Yeah. I may or may not have told it? them to get the fuck out. As you fucking should. We love that. <laughs> Small you, business owners rule the world. How do you say it without the LGBTQIA? I know. I was like, I, that's what I was trying to say. And I'm like, I can't even do it. Yeah. <laughs> LGBTQIA. It just, remember, see, it's just la- it's missing something. Yeah. I remember yeah. the GSA, the Gay Straight Alliance. Yeah. That was like way back. The weird. It was like a weird high school club. Of like, yeah. It was trying to no, be like inclusionary. It's still a thing. Very much so. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. My my daughter was a big part of the GSA just recently in, yeah. in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I think yeah. they started off with good intentions, and then it got kind of outdated. And now I think that I think Gen the Z kid, is bringing it back I think, around. I think to, the kids kind of took control of it again, yeah. and They're and rename I think, it maybe. <laughs> well, maybe, but are your daughters Gen Z or Gen Alpha? 
fuck if I know. Oh, okay, I, so sure, never mind. I don't know. They're uh-huh. they're eighteen and you 16. just know that you're. Are you a millennial? I think I'm an He's, elder millennial. They're both elder millennials. Elder millennials. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. So Paris is burning. Credits roll. How are we feeling? So sad. Sad. So sad. I think ending on talking about Venus was definitely a bummer, but needed to be said. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But Venus's story is heartbreaking. So it was definitely, yeah. And that's the thing is that like, not only is there violence against trans women, gay men, any, any person who doesn't identify as a cishet person, there's violence against women who are cis. Yep. Um, but then also a lot of the gay community. For those listening, cis means cisgender and het means heterosexual. Just because I learned that also. Oh, good job, Katie. <laughs> um, and especially in, you know, the time of the 80s where a lot of these people were doing sex work outside of oh, that's right they got it they had to do what they had to do right they had to get you their had money to somehow you they didn't had have to family. survive you didn't have a place to live yeah and it's that thing of they were if they came out to their parents or were outed by other people and they were kicked out of their homes at young ages like there's lots of kids like 15 year olds living on the street as gay men they find their identity and they're like drag queen or into anything transgender anything like that and then sex work becomes a huge part of that and so that brings it up another level of a of a quote-unquote high-risk lifestyle right and so the violence that is encompassing that entire community yeah whether whether you're trans whether you're gay whether you're trans whether you're a a drag queen whether you're you could be a cishet man who likes to dress up in drag and perform well, that's actually that was something that I had written down that I sort of passed over that I was going to ask. Is there such thing as drag in the heterosexual uh, world? I mean, is that a thing? It's not really, I want to say, appropriate. It's not really for the heterosexual community. It it's was a place, it was accepted. a safe space yeah. for the gay community. But there right. was a cisgender heterosexual male. That was the first ever on RuPaul's Drag Race, I want to say two seasons ago. Um, It was very controversial um, to have someone, but also in that same vein, it's like, do you accept someone because you're exclusionary or like you don't want to be exclusionary? I think that's kind of my my question. Like (laughs) if if I were to decide that I wanted to be involved in the drags, you know, community, community, I'm. I'm accepting. I, I, right. I love, love it. I, you appreciate I, it. Yeah, but is it but, your community? But is it? Yeah. And, and it's, I guess, it's hard what do you because, guys, what do you guys think? I mean, Katie, yeah. if yep. being the representative in the room from that community, <laughs> not the drag necessarily, but yeah. the, you know, from the, the gay community, like, and there's no wrong answers here. What are the, what are you guys' thoughts? Is that something that do, do, we can't Straight speak people for just No, for sure. Yeah, for I was no. like, I feel like that opinion. might go into more of like a performing um, category. Yeah. Um, is that, is if you, like, that's kind of a performance and mm-hmm. not a, like an authentic Ident- yeah. identity dance or, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, what you're doing. Um, and so um, I think it has to be done with the right motivation, the right, right attitude, the right person. Yeah. Like uh, that has to be, um, it would have to be, like highly respectful. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If if that was to happen in a way that was going to be accepted and maybe yeah. still not. Yeah. And, and um, understanding that you're probably going to mm-hmm. have Need a lot of resistance. Backlash. Right. Yeah. Just like mm-hmm. 
I don't know, the whole LGBTQIA community meeting resistance through the rest of their lives. So I have a very good friend um, that is lesbian and um, she was the one that told me that they were putting a heterosexual male on RuPaul's Drag Race Mm -hmm. and she was extremely upset. But she's also one person. You know, she can't speak for the whole community, but she said what she imparted to me was that um, it was created as a safe space for the LGBTQ community, LGBTQIA+. But when you have a heterosexual male, cisgender heterosexual male in that community, is it the safe space it was? But when you watch this season, he is an anomaly, this particular person, and all the queens were very accepting and loving and kind. It was a very unique situation. On an individual basis, I think it's way easier to accept that. Right. Um, And the hard part about it is that the that space was created for a community that was outcasted. Right. So then by bringing in the majority right. and bringing in you are or not the having someone category. step in, it right. feels like in like impeding onto mm-hmm. a safe space that Absolutely. it doesn't belong to them. Thank you. Um, yeah. Like there's going, there's a trans rally tomorrow at the state Capitol. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are you going. Absolutely. I'm fucking going. Mm-hmm. Um, for those listening, this is, Several weeks ago. We, yeah, don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. It's fine. They don't need to know. There's, I'm sure there's going to be more in Pride There month should be well, more. So. Yeah. Um, but like that kind of space too, knowing that there's people who are cisgender and heterosexual in that space already, like it, because they have to be allies in order to go into those space, it's just you supporting your friends, but not supporting the cause directly because you don't identify specifically with the cause. Bringing, like, we're bringing our straight heteros or straight heterosexual, obviously, straight cisgender straight friends, right? Our straight straights. Um, <laughs> and like being the minority out of like our larger friend group who, identify as some shade of queer um bringing our straight friends they're supporting us and they're supporting the cause because of us but they don't actually identify with the community so it's harder for them to relate to it on a personal level Mm. so just like with a straight cisgendered male walking into and stepping into the drag race community it was created for a specific group just like all of the issues right now going on with trans rights and gender affirming care and everything when we're recording this it's affecting that very marginalized and Specific. you know oppressed community mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Uh, our our allies yeah. can only go so far with i can't help but um just and and i'm hearing all of it and i and i understand it i can't help but but wonder about um the exclusionary nature of it though you know and i not not that i think that it's that it would be necessarily wrong to exclude but i'm not sure what to what to compare that to but well i guess it's kind of it's kind of like the gay community not including the trans Mm -hmm. community like anyway we don't need to go any further into that any uh unanswered questions anything that we wanted them to cover that they that they didn't I just always want to hear more of their stories. Like it always just leaves you wanting to know more about it. And right. And like, and the, the sad part is, is that um, there are 
a million more uh-huh. of those stories and probably worse. Um, and that it, then that's happening like today. Yeah. Like today, um, in, um, I know for sure. Um, cause I just had, I just had a conversation with, um, the, uh, chief of police in Lincoln, mm-hmm. um, that the trans, um, community, as far as like youth, homeless youth, oh. um, like getting trafficked and things like that, like in our community is like, oh my God. like that is very prevalent and it is not visible. Yeah. And so it's not a thing of the past and it's not something that's it's, it's happening right now. Yeah. Right. I was like, it's not visible. So we need more. We need yeah. more. That's what it leaves you with is you need to, they, we need to make that more visible. We need more stories right. yeah. and we need it to be done in a way that people have access right. to it. And the yeah. personhood is what makes people care. Yeah. Right. Like hearing yeah. Venus's story specifically right. and getting a look into these people's lives, like yep. Octavia's life mm-hmm. is what makes people humanize here yeah it's yeah. humanizing them even though it's so sad that they have to be humanized right. and like, they're not already your brother your sister your absolutely mother, cousin yeah you know and, and part of the reasons i really liked this film i thought it was done very tastefully it gave the voice to uh, a group of people but it also didn't try to explain away all the nuances and complexities of people who identify as something other than straight cisgender as well mm-hmm. um because that's not really you don't have to, you know, if it had been super educational to where it tries to almost like, like nail down all of those complexities, like you can't right. do that. It's humanity. It's, it's human. Uh, you know, we're, you can, you can identify as one of the um, components of, you know, LGBTQIA and not be the exact same as the next person who identifies as that same letter or whatever you want to right. say. If today Paris is Burning was made, they would probably have sub captions with their pronouns on it and mm-hmm. they would probably have all that, but they didn't do that. And and part of me kind of enjoyed that, although I understand um, the importance of that. Um, part of me enjoyed that, like, fuck, I, I, I am who I am and who I feel, you know, maybe I'm this today and I'm something else tomorrow. Like, that's not for you to say or to, you know, to I don't really have to explain that to you. Anything else before we move into ratings? Y'all good? All right. Uh, so, like I said, we've come to the time where we need to rate this docu- documentary with an official, <clears throat> an official documentary rating. Each crew member scores the documentary on a scale of one to ten items, with one being as horrible as wearing a pair of cheap mopped pumps at a ball, and ten being fucking legendary. Uh, the item changes every week depending on what we're watching, and we chose Vogue's. Vogue's. <laughs> uh, Katie, how many v- Katie VP? I'm sorry, how many Vogue's for you? It will be eight. Vogues. Eight Vogues. She's voguing in her chair right now. (laughs) Eight Vogues from VP. Um, Good golly. Miss Molly. Seven Vogues. Katie, thank you for being with us today. Tell us how many Vogues are you giving? (laughs) (laughs) So many Vogues. Ten. Ten Vogues. Vogues. Look at all those Vogues. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Nobody can see you doing that. It's okay. <laughs> You're um, all missing out. I know yeah. what's I know what's happening. Yep. 
Uh, I gave eight Vogues. I thought this was very well made, um, done tastefully from what I could tell from the outside looking in. And uh, I really enjoyed it. So eight Vogues for me. That means Paris is Burning receives an official documentary rating of 8.25 Vogues. I want to thank you, friends and queens, and who are now in my house. You can be, we are all Katie's children. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, for joining me for another incredible and fun episode of Documentary. Um, I hope you all know that I'd be happy to join any of all, any of y'all vicious motherfuckers' houses. Uh, let's talk about Savage. next week's episode, Savage. Uh, for next week, we will be tackling a documentary called The Central Park Five. Uh, this doc dives into the 1989 case of five black and Latino teens who were wrongfully convicted and imprisoned for a crime they did not commit. This is one of the saddest like cases. Yeah, talking about ever West to learn about the what the no. West Memphis three. Oh. Nope. This is the Central Park That's Five. That's a good one, though. Yeah, that I know. is a good one. It was like, don't Paradise call Lost. Me from There's here. a three-part <laughs> documentary. I can't do it. No. Hmm. no. Yeah, that one. I hope we don't. Oh, do I'm gonna do time. it. There's a three-part oh. documentary about it. Perfect. You do it. Paradise Kate. Lost. It's got awards. I will cry. <laughs> um, if we uh, that one, so. <laughs> have any Have any of you seen the Central Park Five? I've not I'm, seen that. I don't want to watch it because. I'm going to cry. I, I don't like it when people are falsely accused. I don't know yeah. why Paradise Lost is different, but it's different. I haven't seen the specific one that we're watching, but I listen to an abhorrent amount of podcasts. Um, mm -hmm. So I I know the story yeah. pretty well. <laughs> yep. Five is so sad. Yeah, this is an excruciating story of a horrible crime and an equally as horrible justice system that completely upended the lives of five innocent people. I am ready to get into that one. I think it's going to be a fun one to talk about. Um, everyone go out and check out the documentary, The Central Park Five, before next week's episode. It can be streamed on Canopy. Join us next week as we subject ourselves to the gross shortcomings of the criminal justice system, one documentary at a time. Go out, rate and review our podcast on your favorite podcast streaming services, and let us know what you think of our show. We you, love you, our listeners. Yes, we do. If you want to connect with our crew, look for at Documentary Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or email us at info.documentary at gmail.com. Katie, do you have anything that you um, want to plug or anything? Do you... Uh, Butterfly Bakery at Butterfly Bakery. Uh, no, it's okay. Um, I would just say, um, just keep like looking through the bills. Um, the trans community is really struggling right now. Um, anything we can do to support them um, with your vote, with kind words, um, and with education um, of others like around us, and just kind of treating people how to treat others when they're not quite sure um, is is what I would say um, is the most important thing, yeah. and to kind of take away from this. Yep. Slay. <laughs> Thank you so, 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 can so we, much. Can we end the show um, <laughs> saying our uh, our drag names? Yes. Uh, yeah, let's uh, do attention it. community, your drag name is your first pet and the street you live on. <clears throat> live, you currently live? Li well, uh, whatever street name works best for you. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> because mine Based would have been box. 183rd Street and I didn't pick it. So yeah. pick the best one. All right, so what's yours? My drag name is Boo Boo Academy. <laughs> Boo Boo Academy. Molly, what's what you got? Chloe Maple. Ooh. 
<laughs> Chloe is my favorite thing because I think that uh, also goes for a stripper name, and Chloe is such a good. Chloe is a terrific, such a good dancer name. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Katie, what's your uh, drag name? <laughs> Pudding. P39. <laughs> God, I love that. It's so funny. And I, of course, am uh, Coco O'Hearn. Just so. the trope. I just love just that one. Can great. we do the O'Hearn house and you can yeah, just adopt Jeff's fine. name? Okay. Yeah. And Katie will be P39 the mother. P39 is not as fun. Yep. Yeah. Yes, mother of That's house perfect. O'Hearn. On behalf of DJ, Katie VP, Molly, and our special guest, Katie, uh, and the entire documentary family, I am your host, Jeff Kalaski, and I want to thank you all for listening. In the words of Dorian Corey, you've made a mark on the world if you just get through it, and a few people remember your name. Then you've left a mark. You don't have to bend the whole world. I think it's better to just enjoy it. Pay your dues and just enjoy it. If you shoot an arrow and it goes real high, hooray for you. I hope you keep your minds open and be kind to each other. And um, sashay away, sashay <laughs> away. <laughs> bye, y'all. Bye, Katie. Say bye. Bye. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>